Welcome to the ESCP Live, our digital talk show where we bring together experts from the ESCP community and beyond to talk about the hot management and leadership trends of our time. Thank you, Emily, for joining me uh, to kick off this new program, ESCP Live. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for letting me come on here to talk with you about it. Thank you, Emily. So in a couple of minutes, our guest stars will be joining us to answer a very interesting question. Have teams replaced individual talent as a new workplace superstars? But Emily, why is now the right time to discuss this topic? Yeah, so through ESCP Live, our goal is to bring to life a lot of the questions and conversations we're having at ESCP all year round. And of course, what we're covering on ESCP's media, the choice. And we felt that now is the right time to ask this question because as is the case in many aspects of our work lives, the pandemic has given us some food for thought. It's accelerated transformations that were already in progress, and it's challenged what we thought was the norm in a lot of cases. And I'm sure many of those watching have seen the headlines the last few months. Titles like The Great Resignation, A War for Talent, and in some cases, The Big Quit. In short, people are leaving their posts for a wide variety of reasons, whether it's financial incentives or a new search for meaning. But what we're wondering is, and what we're here to ask, is how management is evolving. And posing the question that is how we attract talent and actually what it might even mean to be a talent at a point of transformation. And so we're hoping to take a closer look at how that may be happening. And this topic, do you usually address it at the choice? So we as a business school cover this topic constantly because it's at the core of what we do. You know, we train students to harness their inner talent, give them the tools to one day be talents, and hopefully also one day know how to get the best out of the talents that they're working with. Um, on the choice, it's also come up organically throughout many of the conversations we had. Of course, when we talk about continuous learning, I think a lot of the skills we might hear more about later, like interpersonal skills, were something that were really important to talk about. But I found that two of the topics that we regularly come back to where this understanding of talent versus, but also with teams and teamwork, was the most prominent was in innovation and entrepreneurship. Mm. So just to give an example, in the case of innovation, we recently had an article from a professor of entrepreneurship at ESCP, Ranjia Jamin, who was making the case that now is the time to think of inclusive innovation. And it's the moment because innovation has been hindered, it's been challenged by the pandemic because we lost a lot of those serendipitous moments where it turns out that a lot of innovative ideas were born, talking with colleagues around the water cooler. And she makes the case that innovation in many cases is a lot about culture. And the second case is with entrepreneurs. So we've talked with plenty of entrepreneurs over the last year, as well as a wide variety of our professors of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. on what the key success factors are. And while there's a certain spark or innate talent in an entrepreneur, a lot of what their success came down to was the team that they built and the diversity of, of team members and experiences they were able to surround themselves with so they could bring their project to life. And I know actually that you teach on entrepreneurship at ESCP. I do, absolutely. And you founded a few companies yourself. So has what I just said resonated with you? Yes, I'm very lucky to be part of the innovation in and entrepreneurship specialized master degree here in Paris. And I work with students on a daily basis as they launch their projects. 
I'm an entrepreneur as well and I have my own company. And it's true that at ACP we, we value a lot the fact that there is no such a thing as succeeding alone when you are an entrepreneur. Because, of course, there are some solo founders, but very, very quickly you have to be surrounded by a team to succeed. Mm -hmm. And even more, the team has to be smarter than you to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> because for a startup, the um, success is like 99% of execution. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. Every entrepreneurial journey is different, but what you just said definitely relates to a lot of what we heard from mm. entrepreneurs over the last year. Thank you very much, Emily, for your precious inputs. And now I'm really pleased to welcome our guest stars, Franck Bournois and Alexandre Tissot. Hello, Frank. Hello, Alexandre. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Daria, for uh, launching this very special edition. We are very, very pleased to have you with us today. So my first question is when you hear the term talent, what does that mean exactly? So what would be your personal definition of the talent? Shall I go? Or uh, I think that um, the first time we all came across more or less the uh, term talent was in the very early year 2000-2001. At least it's a term that emerged after McKinsey released mm. their uh, book and report on the uh, war, the talent war. But before that, there was, of course, in all organizations, the same need developing people further. And people didn't speak of talent, they were speaking of different uh, things. They were talking about uh, high potentials, uh, high pos, high flyers, and then getting into the new millennial, the word talent emerged. But I think the basic needs are always the same. And what do you think, uh, Alexandre? I think there is a switch at the moment on that, uh, on that word by itself. Uh, it used to be seen as um, uh, a talent is young and very excellent, interpreted like that inside companies and organizations. And at, at the moment, I would say what is changing with digital tech companies is that talent is everyone. And that's a very big challenge regarding the difference of generation and everything about that. So talent is more and more associated, I would say, to people inside company mm. and uh, seeing everyone as a talent, which, which is a very, very big challenge for companies. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah, very true. Yeah. I was just going to bounce back and uh, saying that talent uh, as uh, defined by uh, Alexandre is uh, 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 certainly um, a, a, a term which covers three dimensions to me. There is the notion of performance mm. of the individual. There is on top of that the notion of potential, yep. how much further can the person go? And, and there is the notion of company culture. Mm. And if you have those three, you are usually a talent in that given organization. Mm. Because you can be very well a talent at uh, uh, company A, and the same person wouldn't be a talent at company B. Mm. Uh, because it's a mix of what you do, what you do well, what is it that you might do well in the future, and how much of corporate citizenship is there. Mm. And it's true in what Alex is saying that uh, the digital, uh, new digital era is bringing something very new and different from the past. 
Yes, so on this point, um, do you think this major transformation we are living, like digital, environmental, economic transformation, how do they impact the way company, uh, companies manage talents today? I think it's making things more difficult. In the past, I think that companies were looking at uh, some uh, key items about talented mm. people. They were looking uh, for uh, vision. Are people able to go to the top and develop vision? Then they were looking for uh, uh, other elements like uh, interpersonal skills. Are they able to drive a team and to uh, uh, make people uh, happy inside the organization? They were also looking for people who had a big uh, uh, ability to adapt, adapting to an environment. And then, of course, they were looking for energy, drive, style, humility here or uh, modesty there. But uh, it, it was the notion. Now, with digital, I think it's bringing a, a, a lot of new things in, in terms of decision making, shorter circuits. Uh, and it's bringing also, I think, this notion that uh, Alexandra and I have investigated, which is the ecosystem. And that's very, very uh, important, I feel. I think Alexander, we do you think? Yes, we are sitting between two chairs at the moment. O on one hand, we can see that uh, we are still and companies are still fighting for talents, seeing them as the best in the world mm. in techniques, in technologies and even now in methodologies like design thinking, all those things. And those people as, uh, are still very attracted inside companies. Uh, the problem is um, maybe uh, we often forget on that side the context of the company, as you just mentioned, uh, Franck. The idea is that you are a talent, on my point of view, if you are completely adapted to the context you are living in and you deliver the right thing in the context that you, you are doing. And the, the second part, the, the other seat we are switching to, is living a little bit what we used to call performance as uh, excellence inside a company, making the best, mm -hmm. you see. I think this point of view is changing and going to be able to transform the company, which is no more doing the best, even doing the worst. You have to fail to transform also. So that changes a lot the way we think about talents and how we, we have to identify them. Because we need some people taking risk, seizing opportunities, when before talents were maybe a little bit seen as the best in class of the system. But the problem now is that we want to change the system. So we, didn't, we do not have to, to stay with the talents the best in class. We need to have the ones that, that are going for an adventure and changing the world. That's very true. Um, uh, I like uh, the notion of best in class. Mm. Uh, in previous days, companies would be looking for best in class reproduction. Mm. Uh, those only who would be able to make it to the top. Uh, now, as, uh, uh, as we are discussing, it's true that uh, talent management has two sides. Talent identification, as you said, and talent development. Mm. And, and there are many new things. In the past, it was a specialized role for human resources directors. Then it became uh, a managerial duty to grow talent. And now it's an association of uh, the individual 
the direct boss and, and, and HR specialists, if not using tools and methodologies coming from the outside of the organization. Mm. Uh, something also very different, I feel, is that uh, with the uh, concept of diversity uh, spreading uh, around in management a lot, uh, we are no longer looking for uh, talent that will be the people who will be in the top team in 10, 15 years. But it's uh, also concerning uh, middle managers mm -hmm. and sometimes also experts yeah. who may one day become uh, senior managers themselves. Mm. Mm. We, need we need to have really talents of the moment. And, and that's a change also, because there was something very prospective in looking at the talents, looking at the, the future, I would say, a leader of the company, hypot, as you said before, etc. Mm -hmm. I think today we need to have key leaders all around the, the, the company by itself, trying to, uh, to push teams, and, and that will be a key word for the future for talent, team players mm -hmm. and very strong ones, making teams delivering at the same time, what is required to be performant inside the company, because it's still there, but also the changes required to be still innovative in the world we are living in. We, we, we have to be very based on ambidexterity and to, to have both sides now, mm. excellence and innovation. And that's a big challenge even for individuals. I think for, for people getting out schools today, mm. it's not the same idea. You don't only need to, to know the frameworks, the methodologies, have a, a very uh, good brain trained. Mm. You need also to be people that take risk, that moves, that, uh, that have a vision, etc. And a real one, a concrete Great. one, not, not only saying uh, uh, we need to deliver a strategy. Really being, uh, I would say, completely convinced about the things you are, you, you are doing. And what is important in a, in a school like uh, ESCP, of course, is that uh, we, we have uh, a, a, a lot of, uh, of colleagues, a lot of members of staff who have been working and are uh, making a lot of research pieces in uh, association with companies. And that is very, very important because I think that uh, business schools now are... Uh, going through a phase of uh, quick obsolescence of uh, concepts of management. Mm. So this notion of talent itself may be gone in, in, in 10, 15 years, totally but agree. there will always be a need for people to be the best in organizations in terms of what they do, of how they think and how they relate mm. to the external environment. And it is really, somebody said before, uh, a passion and, and an expertise at ESCP to grow those uh, participants in executive education, grow students into uh, great uh, managers and of course great uh, leaders of, of the future. And, and, and I've done personally a lot of this in many organizations, L'Oreal, Airbus, uh, Buig and uh, uh, other international companies. They need now a different type of relationships with business schools. Mm. And it's true that uh, with digital uh, technologies, with uh, this uh, digital environment, uh, physical and, uh, and digital, um, we're going to be able to uh, uh, develop uh, cohorts of uh, students uh, that, at the end of the day, will be coached, uh, will be trained, will be developed 
us to uh, become uh, fine uh, uh, employees for their companies. And of course, we were speaking about talent identification. Mm -hmm. Then a big issue for organizations, especially in a time of uh, fast economic development, is going to be the retention. But that's more <laughs> on the company <laughs> side of things. Mm. And speaking of students, we have actually received a video of uh, E2P students. So guys, let me play that for you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sarah Sanders, a dual degree master's in management student from the University of South Carolina. And my question is, I've been reading the book called Range by David Epstein, and it explores the topic of why generalists triumph in a specialized world using the examples of artists and athletes and inventors. And on a topic around skills development and talents, do you think it's more important to specialize in one area or have exposure to many different things? So, Alexandre Franck, how do you respond to this question? I think it's, uh, the difficulty is really to understand that both are required today. You need at the same time to have a global point of view and a local point of view. This is what we can call uh, having a, a systemic approach of the companies of the environment you are in. Uh, a few years ago, we made a, a study with uh, Frank uh, about the talents uh, in digital world, etc. And we were really amazed to find people that are at the same time very global, have a very strong point of view about strategy, management, uh, team working, uh, processes in companies like finance, etc., business models, etc., and that are specialized on specific to topics, sometimes technology, sometimes social sciences, etc. So I think you need to have both to be completely, I would say, um, involved in what you're doing and uh, uh, creating a, a strong performance by knowing what you're talking about and at the same time being able to project it globally inside the company. Mm -hmm. But you, you still have to forget, to not forget, sorry, that you can't be a specialist all your life. And that what you know at one time can change a few years after. Mm -hmm. So you, you really have to also learn to update your specialization and maybe create completely new one in your life. And, and that's the, the idea today. You, you may be an expert on something one day and an expert on something 10 years after because the, the environment, the ecosystem, as we mentioned before, has changed and that you have followed this change. Mm. Let me, yes, um, uh, say the same, but differently. <laughs> uh, stay, say the same because it's true that you need to have the two. And I think that uh, what we are really striving at ESCP is to help students acquire this notion of having the two. If, if you have just a generalist approach, and if you're very good at, mm. uh, as I said, maybe uh, being international, um, being good at studying uh, adaptation, mm. that's one thing. But at one point in time, you will plateau. Mm. You will plateau because you won't be differentiated and you will not have the specialized, mm. attractive skills that uh, your direct boss will be requiring. If you are too much of a specialist too early, and if you haven't got the basics, fundamentals of uh, management of political games, mm. uh, right attitudes to develop, uh, right networks to develop, 
you will be uh, probably uh, going, uh, going fast. Yep. And at one point in time, there will be like a glass ceiling stopping mm. you from uh, going further up. So what is good maybe for Sarah, who asked the question, is that she has to know where she's uh, very good at first and what she wants to start doing and where she's aware she is lacking maybe uh, uh, good uh, qualities and, uh, and, and attitudes. But I think we are saying exactly the same. Mm. Okay, so um, let me ask you a question. I have the impression when we talk about talent, we refer increasingly to some generic abilities such as resilience. So on a very practical um, way, how do we assess, how do we measure these abilities? Uh, I'm quite radical on that uh, topic. Okay, I, interesting. I do, I do really think that you can't measure that mm. uh, by having a candidate coming for a job and say, oh, he's like that or he's like that. Even if you do some psychologic test, etc., I, I think you can't find it because that depends of the environment the, the, the candidate will be and, the uh, and how, how he's going to be an employee, how he's going to deliver. So I think what we have to learn in companies is about trusting. It's about, I feel it and I feel that it's, uh, uh, we, we have to try, in fact. A and that's really a big change because sometimes when we do recruitment in companies, we take a lot of time analyzing the talent, assessing, etc., doing many matrices. And when the, the talent is inside the company, finally, uh, we forget about everything <laughs> about that. And uh, he, he has to manage and sometimes struggles with the, the culture inside the company. I do feel when you go in tech companies, uh, they, they look at the CV and then after it's a question of trusting, it's a question of feeling between the manager and you, between the team and you, etc. And when they go after, very quickly they know if it will be long or very short. Because the, the question is not only the person, the question is the integration of the person inside the ecosystem. And I think sometimes we should go very, very faster than we are used to, do less analysis and move. Because that's the quick question of the world we are, doing we are living today. Not overthinking everything. And I think talent is something very animal, you know, in people. Mm. You, you feel it, you, you dare about it, and you want it inside your team. Mm, that's true. What do you think? To me, talent is situational. Mm. Mm. You can't self-declare yourself a talent, even if you are there, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a, a, a talent because you feel you are a talent. You are a talent because in some very specific given management situations, mm. people who have seen you, people who have watched you, people that have debriefed about does he or she have the right attitude, does she or he have the right uh, level of performance in that given situation, they say yes, this is absolutely appropriate and he or she did the right thing. Mm. So uh, talent, clearly yes, it has to do with a given situation and if it's not only one situation uh, that you are good and it's, it's a, a repetition of good behaviours mm. and appropriate mm. uh, responses, 
then you will be considered as a tenant by externals. It can be your boss, the boss of your boss, or even people who are experts outside your own organization. And this is how, in the um, uh, late 40s, the notion of assessment center developed. Uh, during um, the military um, uh, 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 times, uh, there were people who were trained to observe good talent because at the end of the day, if people didn't respond properly, they would be killed. Mm -hmm. So it was vital that people would have the appropriate uh, at attitude. And this is how development centers uh, started with the commando teams and then it was imported into organizations and now it's being adapted, as uh, Alex said, in, in the digital world. And just a, a word on this, uh, because um, I very much like what you said, uh, there is this notion of trust, very key. And there is another thing which I feel in tech is very important, especially relating to innovation. It's this notion of focus and persistence. Mm. And you remember, Alex, that uh, uh, it's very difficult to say, okay, am I going to work and work and work and be persistent? But maybe I'm wasting investment, I'm wasting monies of the company, uh, and where should I stop? Or should I focus maybe earlier on, on, on something mm. like this? So what is true is that the new digital world into which companies are now operating, is it is showing that there, are, there is an emergence of new situations that are very specific mm -hmm. to the new uh, technological world. And I think this is just fascinating. I hope it's going to help Sarah build uh, her uh, talent path. And I like what you, you usually say, uh, talent is a bet. Absolutely. And we should not forget about that. Mm. A talent is a bet. You can manage the risk, assess many things, but at one point of the day, this is a bet between the company and the person. And the second part that is very important to have in mind is that there's no low performer. Mm. And that's, uh, uh, that's also a key question. There are only bad situations for mm. people. And uh, uh, one of the other problem, reversely, is sometimes you can be a talent coming from outside because you've got the, s the strong diplomas, uh, the good experiences, etc., and coming inside a company and be felt like a low performer at one time. That doesn't mean that you can't be a talent elsewhere. And that's going to be a big challenge for the company in the future. Stop thinking that people can be low performer and really work on other situations for them where they should stand, where they could uh, express completely mm. their talent inside the company. And, and you know, that's a reverse thinking because sometimes we feel like you say you're a talent, you are for life. You say that's you are a low performer, you are for life too. Mm. And that's, that's we have to what we have to change. Really understand that everything is so much moving that we need to continuously update our vision mm. about management and about people. Mm. That's the same. A and I think that uh, it, 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 it may be worth talking about uh, what I, I call talent emergencies. It's like a hospital wow. and when you've got <laughs> emergencies. Sometimes you have people who've been very, very good, brilliant for years. They've been seen by others as the best talent and there is something that is going wrong. Uh, I've done this in executive education at ESCP and in uh, many corporate universities. And I have seen that uh, most of the time, talents derail, they go off the track for two or three very, very recurring uh, situations. Mm. One, poor treatment of others. 
you may be very good, excellent at all the uh, technical aspects, but if there is poor treatment of others, poor management of teams, that is very, very difficult for a talent. So mm -hmm. that's very, very key. Another end, and then there is this uh, big situation, which is again for uh, students or uh, uh, people listening, uh, th th there is also this question of lack of follow through. Mm. People who are very volatile under pressure and, and, and all of this. And, and lastly, uh, there is something that is also a, a problem with some talents. If you are disagreeing with your uh, boss, that's very good because you can be seen as uh, bringing a, an extra input. You're a little bit of a rebel, but uh, uh, that's okay. But if you repeatedly mm. disagree with uh, the top management, then that is another way uh, uh, to derail as a talent. And, and, and sometimes also you, you have uh, people who have delivered a lot, but they didn't go in the strategic direction that was required. So that's uh, some uh, avenues for uh, talent derailment. And what I feel is very important for a talent person, talented person, it's to be aware of the strengths, to be aware of his or her weaknesses, but be also aware of which situation or situation or situations would take the person into derailment. Mm. Because when you start thinking about what's going to happen that will make you derail, then you can be much better staying for a long time a talent. Mm. Very, very interesting. So the talent is not an absolute value? No. 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 It's always okay. relative. Mm. Very interesting. So, um, and before we conclude, we have chosen a very interesting illustration I would like to share with you and to ask you maybe the last question. Do you think it would be fair to say that uh, today a great team trumps talent? I would say that um, uh, on my point of view, if I were in companies today, I would try to have the best teams more than have the best talents by themselves. Because I think uh, um, uh, we know that we are at the moment in a big war of talents that, is, that has increased in the, in, the la in the last months. I think what makes the delivery of a company and what makes the, the transformation of a company is a team, of course. And within a team, you, you, I, I, I'm going to be a little bit disruptive uh, on, on the key of talent. I think one of the main questions that companies will have to address about the future of talent are blue colors. Because uh, we, we are talking a lot, of course, about white colors, about people that are very well trained when they come to companies, very specialized. But inside the company, you have also a lot of people that have uh, really that know that know operationally, really basically and operationally, the, the company, and that could be the talents for the future of the company, mm -hmm. and that's going to be something very, very, very important, I think, for the transformation of the company. In the study uh, uh, we made uh, um, together, uh, we we asked this question to a, a big panel of managers where are the talents that are going to transform the company? And basically everyone said they are already there, they are already inside the company. There are two main problems. The first one is giving them the authorization to change the company, 
And that's a question for leadership. Authorize the change, authorize the transformation mm. of the company. And the second part is that HR grids are no more um, adapted to the question of the, the, the ongoing transformation of the company. Because when you do an HR grid, you are categorizing what is, uh, I would say, the strengths of your company today, not tomorrow. And, and that's uh, also a huge problem we, we discussed a little bit before. Sometimes talents are people of the past. They are identified as the one succeeding in the past of the mm -hmm. company, not succeeding in the future of the company. So we need to be a little bit radical, a little bit transgressive. I love this word. And I think HR has to change, leadership has to change, and talent by itself must be wider than we have used to do. No more only wi uh, white collars, very well trained, coming from the best schools like ESCP also. Let's talk a little bit about blue colors and what they can go to. Yes, I think this is, uh, I cannot um, uh, agree more on, on, on this notion of uh, HR tools. I've got thousands mm. of friends uh, being HR directors mm. and uh, you know this area. Uh, however, HR people like to manage individuals because there is an mm. HR file they have a name and there is a replacement, there is a successor and there is a career development for that person. In fact, now more and more companies need talented teams and it's not very frequent uh, HR mm. practice mm. to manage the talent of teams rather than individual talent. So that is a, a, a very, very important question. And, and again, uh, Alex uh, was talking about um, a trajectory. And it's true that it's not because you've been a talent for many, many years that you will still be a talent tomorrow. Mm. And then it's bringing us back to derailment and of course, corporate success. Mm. So Alexandre, Franck, thank you very much for joining us today for this very first episode. And thank you very much for your very valuable inputs. Thank, thank you for joining us today. And uh, please visit our website, thechoice.acp.eu and feel free to sus subscribe to our bi-monthly newsletter. And stay tuned for the next episode and take care.